We are born into this world to create. Every single one of us is endowed with this natural ability. Our creative nature is always at work, from our first breath right up to our last. Creation does not understand right and wrong. It is beyond the man-made realms of good and bad. Continuous judgment is necessary in order to navigate this world of duality. It cuts out the endless shades of gray that fill in the spectrum between black and white thinking. These shades comprise our true creative palette. We each have our own unique connection to spiritual love and truth. The wisdom of creation is unique within each and every one of us. As creators, we can either produce life-affirming or self-defeating expressions. Life-affirming expressions invoke a sense of wholeness and joy, while self-defeating expressions undermine our purpose and welfare. Creation can be expressed either consciously or unconsciously. When we are conscious, we are aware of the motivation behind our thoughts and actions. When we are unconscious, we lack awareness of what is motivating our thoughts and actions. There are two primary motivations. They are love and fear. We can either transmit love or project fear. It is important to recognize the primary motivation behind our actions. Our first step in conscious creatorship is to cultivate the ability to distinguish an action motivated by love from one that is motivated by fear. For example, Edward and Lance each decide that they are going to open their own rehab. Edward is motivated to create a rehab that is, has a revolutionary new program that mitigates past traumas in order to help the participants break free from destructive cycles of violence and addiction. Lance wants to open a rehab that can maximize profit potential so his wife can maintain her standard of living because he thinks that she will leave him otherwise. Edward is motivated by love to develop something that will make a difference in the lives of others. Lance is driven by fear to make as much money as possible. Imagine how it would feel to be a resident in either of these rehabs. Now let's take a closer look at how the projection of fear affects our ability to transmit and receive love. Imagine fear. There is a scene in the movie Apocalypto where a band of hunters are gathered around laughing and carrying on. Suddenly, one of the men senses a sort of impending threat. He seems to have a sixth sense that danger is approaching. One by one, the other men start to sense that very same danger. Before long, two strangers greet them. At first, the men ready themselves for battle. However, the elder subtly gestures for the men to stand down. The men have a small exchange. It is revealed that the two strangers simply want to pass through. They don't want any trouble. They only want to continue on their journey. They give an offering of fish in exchange for their passage. The hunters look at each other and then at the elder. The elder gives an approving nod and the strangers begin to pass. The next thing you know, many more people come out of the jungle and begin to make their way slowly past the hunters. First, there are three. 
then 15, then upwards of 40 passers-by. There are women carrying babies. There are elders using canes who can barely walk. They look disheveled and traumatized. The man who made initial contact with the hunters takes a look around at all of his people and then back to the hunters. He tells the hunters that their village was ravaged. One of the hunters appears to be deeply affected by this news. He reacts by moving forward to join the stranger to join the strangers. His father, the elder, yells out for him to be still. His son continues to move forward. His father says, "My son, be still." This time his son obeys his father's command. They let the disbanded villagers pass and continue on their trek. As the hunters approach their village, the father stops his son and asks him what he saw. His son initially does not seem to understand. His father responds by saying, fear, deep rotting fear. They were infected by fear. Did you see that? Fear is a sickness. It will crawl into your soul and it will crawl into the soul of anyone who engages it. It has already tainted your peace. I did not raise you to see you live in fear. Strike it from your heart. Do not bring fear into our village. Mental image assumptions. Fear of actual life-threatening events is often replaced by imagined fear, anticipating a moment that never arrives. Whenever we imagine fearful scenarios, we create an assumption in the form of a mental image. These mental image assumptions can alter our perspective and distort our thinking. Here are examples of mental image assumptions. We imagine the dog is going to bite our leg. We imagine our partner is unfaithful. We imagine we will be laughed off stage. Imagine fear requires the use of imagination. Imagination is our ability to form images, ideas, and sensations without any immediate input from senses, such as hearing or sight. Imagining potentially painful or humiliating scenarios brings on a need for control. Our attempts to control come through attacking, retreating, or hiding from a perceived threat. When we attack or fight, we angrily confront someone that we imagine has stolen something from us. When we retreat or fight, we call off a relationship because we imagine that our partner will break our heart. And finally, when we hide or freeze, we may isolate at home because we imagine that the world is unsafe. We can dramatize fear however we wish. We can make movies about it by channeling our imagination onto the big screen. We can tap into our own inner reserve of fear that is always available. Fear is the master of illusion. It must resort to deception in order to get our minds to believe that it is real. A fearful mind is also separated from love in varying degrees. In other words, there is a spectrum of fear. For example, a mild fear such as a car running low on gas still allows us to remain relatively connected to love. An acute fear such as being attacked or losing our job, 
severs our connection to love entirely. Most of us learn to fear as part of an unconscious ritual passed on from previous generations. Say, for example, that a caretaker grew up in poverty. Prolonged exposure to their mindset could condition us to think in similar ways. Fear obscures our core beliefs. For example, a fear of scarcity hides a belief that there is not enough. Fear grows through the power of concentration. Love also grows through concentration. In fact, wherever we place our attention becomes God-given. Concentration is ours to use as we wish. It all comes down to awareness. Without awareness, we have no choice. In the absence of awareness, fear of what could be so becomes regret over what just happened again. Fearful love. Small children have yet to learn about a type of unconscious love that is painful and ends in disappointment. They still have their own inner connection to love or innocence that allows them to express love more freely. The love that fearful adults share is conditioned. As children begin to experience these conceptions of love, they too begin to fear love. The truth is that love has no agenda, no goal in mind. Love is a simple gift that we seldom slow down to give to ourselves or receive from others. Fear keeps the presence of love in the future dangling like an unobtainable prize never to be realized, or in the past looming like a black hole of regret never to be felt again. The fearful mind of an unconscious creator views love as a possession or a destination. Nothing could be further from the truth. The meaning that we attach to our expressions of love shapes the sad stories that our lives so often become. With each new chapter, we place yet another condition on love's expression. We begin to accept such conditions as truth. We become increasingly invested in creating inauthentic experiences to support these lies that we tell ourselves. Unconscious creation hides within imagined fear. Fear obscures the truth much like a battlefield of dead soldiers obscures the destructive thoughts within the minds of the soldier's masters, the soldier's true cause of death. Soldiers don't just die mysteriously. They are sent to their death by the destructive thoughts of their masters. Fear has never been the true problem. Lack of spiritual connection is the problem. Fear is an emotional indicator that lets us know that we are no longer connected to spiritual love and truth. In cutting us off from love and truth, fear diminishes our awareness of what is truly possible. By tapping into spiritual love and truth, we can determine the origins of our fears and begin to see beyond them. Fear creates an unwillingness to appreciate the gift of life. This unwillingness manifests as resistance. For example, our fear of dogs creates resistance in the form of an unwillingness to pet our neighbor's cute little poodle. This resistance keeps the potential for new experiences unrealized. 
After a while, we convince ourselves that the lack of love that we experience is something that is happening to us. This can cause us to grow bitter. Our fearful, unconscious mind creates mental, emotional, and physical sickness and we die. We don't die from our fears of what could be, but rather the end result of living in fear, which kept us isolated and of little use to love. At this point, if we are lucky, we are put out of our misery. Those who are not so fortunate carry on in this state, trying to blot out their intolerable existence until the bitter end. In either case, the impenetrable wall of fear within our minds hijacks our capacity for love. The absence of love causes us to die full of shame, blame, and regret. This happens every day. Imagine fear seals our fate. Don't forget to remember why you are here. You are here to create a living experience that fulfills your fundamental needs. You are here to support love's expression in ways that honor your authentic connection to love and truth.